Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Teachers. I'm Julie. I'm Mara. This is Belma. And I'm Bella. This week, we'll be focusing on language, race, culture, ethnicity, and identity. So an article that spoke to me is as an Arab-American Muslim mother. Um, She mentioned how her kids would come to school and kids the other kids would ask them you know why don't you celebrate christmas why aren't you like us um like you're missing out on a lot and that's an experience i had as a kid um the my peers would ask me those questions all the time and i would kind of feel like left out like dang i'm missing something but you know i would tell them like you know what like i celebrate eid and during eid i get a ton of money and they would be like oh my gosh like that is so cool we wish we got a ton of money during christmas um like we get like socks or we get this and that and i you know i'd feel like really good about it and so that makes me feel like kids are super open and interested in learning about different cultures, but sometimes it's just the teachers and the environment that make it difficult for them to learn because my peers wanted to learn and they were interested in it. Um, I just didn't have that environment growing up that like allowed them to learn more. I think it's interesting too, because like, did you find that the kids were asking and like, I don't want to say like, an accusing way but just like were they like oh you don't celebrate christmas because i feel like as like adults people are scared to ask questions because they don't Mm want to offend anyone but like we just want to learn you know like and kids have like a really good ability to do that because the world hasn't screamed at them yet like yeah that was totally it like the kids just wanted to know why why not and what like i did instead and they would ask me like a ton of questions like it would be stuff like oh like how much money did you get um you know not like the important questions because they don't know how to ask the important questions and teachers know how to get that information and how to ask those questions to make other people learn about you and that's why they play such a huge role in in all of that yeah it, it just makes you think as like future teachers like we just really have to like foster an environment that welcomes that and that like moves that forward too like we gotta do it too as the educators yeah and then i feel like starting when they're younger when students are younger to have the opportunity to share their culture is important because as you're saying like how they didn't know about your culture i still feel now that i barely know about a bunch of cultures because if I'm not taught it in school, I haven't like gone out of my way if I don't know anyone who like uses those like practices or whatever it is, holidays, anything. If like I don't know anyone personally and I've been taught it, then I'm still like oblivious to it. So I'm like, not that I'm like disrespecting anyone, I just have no idea about anything. I'm thankful that I'm like able to gain more knowledge about this, like how to teach different cultures and how to learn about them now because I could even sense maybe more so in middle school and high school that my own teachers were more nervous to like speak about other cultures or like try and bring up maybe questions about that or facilitate discussions within the classroom. And I'm thankful now that I get to learn how to have those conversations and make my students feel comfortable asking questions and things like that. Because I know when my teachers were nervous, like that made me feel nervous about the Mm -hmm. conversation. It just makes it like awkward and makes it uncomfortable and it shouldn't be like a no-no topic. Like it's someone's identity, you know, like 
yeah. just only talking about everyone's like whatever they want to share. One thing as teachers that we can do is make sure that we bring culture into the classroom. So do you guys like have any ideas of what you'd want to do in the future? A lot of like, there can be simple things, even just like making sure, like if you're in an early childhood education classroom, something I've seen within my own um, jobs here on campus is more inclusive toys and dolls. Like growing up, I know um, within the classrooms at my elementary school that predominantly the dolls were white or looked appeared to be white and then now being in classrooms with younger children as well um, I'm seeing a lot more inclusion within um, the toys and the dolls because we that's just a must we need that yeah that's something I didn't even like think about when I was younger like I never thought like oh like all these dolls are white like Same. that was just like yeah. the norm which is weird because I mean, I'm like half white, but I'm also not just like completely white, yeah. but like I didn't even see that as like weird, even though I didn't look like the doll, which is interesting. I had the same experience. I, it was all white. I just didn't even think anything of it. And looking back now and like when I'm babysitting, I'm like, oh, like how inclusive they have yeah. multiple yeah. dolls and dolls that are in wheelchairs. And yeah. it's like, there's just so much you can do and it's, simple changes mm -hmm. that just make everyone like feel represented yeah I worked in a daycare over the summer and they had white dolls black dolls girl doll was all types of dolls um and the kids really weren't like choosy at all about mm -hmm. which ones they picked it was an early elementary or not early early childhood um school and you know at that age I feel like they're very just very open to everything and they're mm -hmm. not thinking about like oh like what looks like me what you know but i feel like as you grow older and you get into that elementary age maybe is when you start thinking about you know things like that and so that's why at a, those early stages we really have to um, expose kids to everything i know i've talked about or like in other classes um in education like how important it is to have children's names represented and like to say like the student's name and call them by their name. Like there's a significance to that that's super important because it's part of their identity. So I think just like having like their names on the chalkboard or whatever, mm -hmm. it's also important to have other pieces of their identity hung up. So like you could hang up flags of all the countries or the, I mean, there's a million ideas on Pinterest that like. Yeah, I feel like also like other decor things that we saw in class today was like the map with like where everyone came from with like the string attached so that they can go to like their country. And then also I feel like a lot of people don't really know their like like generations in the past culture and it's just being like slowly forgotten. And I feel like that's something fun for kids to do to look in and be like, oh, like I'm like Irish, but they don't even know anything about like the Irish culture. So then they're getting to like dig into that and like like figure out like how like their grandparents lived and like what they used to celebrate if it's not celebrated anymore. I was thinking about this in class today. I, I think it would be so cool if like, I was thinking about like things I want to do when I'm a teacher. I'm oh, sorry. Wait, is it still? Um, like the 23 and me, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. um, like if there was an opportunity, like I could get the like 
no charge, like be able to have like if the kids were like comfortable, like every kid do that, and we could do like some sort of yeah. project. That way, we could also be inclusive because like obviously those DNA tests are expensive. Like not everyone is going to be yeah. able to like afford them. Like I know it was a gift from like my family to my dad for his birthdays to getting to do that, and so. Uh, if we could, like, somehow the school that I worked at, like, get a donation of, like, a set of those, and that could be really special, and you could create, like, a yeah. whole project based upon that, and that'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be really awesome. I've always wanted to take one of those tests, but, like, as you said, they're so expensive and yeah. so, like... You gotta wait a while. It's, like, a month or two. Yeah, really. Like six weeks, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that too, and it just makes it so unavailable for kids to learn about, like, the extent of their backgrounds and I think that's really sad and something I wish I would see change as well. Yeah I feel like kids are also really interested in like their like family's past like I remember I don't know if it was like the same for you guys but when I was younger everyone would be like oh like I'm like 10% this yeah, I'm 10% yeah, yeah. this <laughs> like everyone is so proud of it but then they don't even know anything about it. Yeah. Like I can like say all my percentages but then I only celebrate like one of them so like it's interesting that like we still like say that we like have that like in our past, but we don't even like know anything about it, which I think is interesting. Like something that I think would be really useful is I know um, a lot of people my age just kind of refer to like their family members or extended family members um, when it comes to like questions about their heritage. Like for example, my dad always jokes with us that like we have no idea and we always have to ask him so he's going to just put it in like one journal for our family to hold on to just because that's something that i want to pass down to my kids and then they can pass down to their kids eventually it's just like where did we come from and like how did we come in i know like my family generations ago came through into america this like obscure port in I think, new orleans somewhere in louisiana um that was just like very not typical um so i think that was really interesting as well yeah i actually don't know like my family's like journey to the united states and i feel like it's something that's just like not talked about in my family i don't know if it's like they don't want to talk about it or like what the issue is surrounding it but it is something that's interesting to me that i want to look into because if i don't look into it now soon no one's gonna know and we're just yeah. gonna be here but no one's gonna know how we got here which i think is weird same my so my last name is ross but it wasn't originally ross like it's mm -hmm. been changed to that and i know like oh it used to be rouse but like my dad knows very limited about yeah. like, why it changed yeah. and my grandparents like know a little bit like we always say it as like mm -hmm. an unfamily fact but like no one has the actual story yeah and i mean we're, we're dwindling like mm. we gotta we gotta start now if we actually want to like find out what changed why so it changed it used to be rouse like yeah r-a-u-s it used to be like r-o-u-s-s-e i oh, think okay. gotcha. and like now it's r-o-s-s -S. yeah gotcha. and okay i mean my grandparents say like well ross sounded more american but did it i, I which like <laughs> there are like definitely settings where people mm. choose to pick a more american sounding name yeah but i feel like that's not an example of that um, so it makes me wonder if, like, it was something else before mm -hmm. that and then became Rouse. But mm -hmm. we just, like you said, like, don't know about our family's trips here. And yeah. we, we should find out. It's interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's also just, like, ties into, like, storytelling in general, like, in your yeah. families. 
because with everything if like you don't tell the next generation it's just forgotten like that if no one knows your story it's gone which it can just disappear so fast as far as like the differences between like language race culture like ethnicity like they all kind of fall under one like umbrella almost and in our warm-up today i talked about how like fruit all kind of falls under one umbrella but like we still know the difference between a grape and a kiwi and like you should just like you should know the difference between like language race culture ethnicity um but i feel like a lot of people don't know the difference and like just kind of get thrown around you know what i mean especially like more and more recently like everyone's Mm -hmm. trying to be like politically correct but also just like has no idea i also feel like it's a lack of wanting to know the difference Mm -hmm. like i feel like a lot of people aren't like actively thinking like oh am i talking about their ethnicity or am i talking about their race they're just Mm -hmm. looking at the person and throwing out a word which can be really hurtful to the person that they're talking about especially when it's used in like a not nice way and they don't even know what they're talking about and i feel like A lot of people don't know where to start um, to learn about these sorts of things. And I think that's an awesome place to start, like just learning the difference between these four Mm -hmm. key things that everyone talks about. And that's like super, super important to a person's identity and like sense of self. And I think, I mean, like I've talked about these topics again and again and many of my like college courses but I wish we talked about it when I was in first grade and Mm -hmm. you could grow up knowing yeah one thing for me that I always like think about is different races so then I always wonder when I'm filling out like I'm not gonna even know what they would be called but like little like yeah something like that when it has like you have to like mark your race I always get like confused and like so do like my like cousins and things because I'm like what is my race which is such a weird like thing to think about because normally it's just like oh like you know your race like I don't even I'm not even sure what my race is because I guess I'm just white but then it's like I am like half white so I'm like okay that makes sense but then other people in my family that are like solely Mexican would not be white because they don't have any European descent I guess their European descent would be like all the way from like maybe like people who like came to Mexico and then to the United States which is just like so many years it's just like really confusing yes and that comes up so often especially like Mm -hmm. when you're getting COVID tested here like yeah they just ask you like it's a regular question oh gosh wait that's another thing it always says like what's your race and then it asks you if you're like um Hispanic And I'm like, why is that the only option? Like, I'm always confused because then I'm like, white. And then the next question is, are you Hispanic? Yes. But then, like, why is that the only one that's asked? Like, it doesn't ask if I'm something else. And I've always wondered that. I don't get it. Yeah, I wonder that, too. It just seems like. I feel like it's because they know that it should be represented. And so they want it to figure out how to count the number of people that there are in some way. So I don't know why they don't just, like, maybe add add a race. Like, why is it separated from the races? It doesn't make any sense. It's super weird, too, that we just fill out these random forms and we don't even know why they're asking questions or how they came up with these questions Mm -hmm. or why they want to know. I think that's a thing I would want to learn about, too. Yeah. I feel like it's also, like, advertised widely in, like, a lot of things. So, like, in our school, like, you could, like, see the statistics of like how many people from this how many people from this when in reality it doesn't matter yeah we like always have like a little option well 
on some forms. I'm not really sure if they have it for our COVID testing, but it's like, mm-hmm. why do we ask this question? But it's always like hidden, like in the fine print. And yeah. Like why is it's like you're trying to like not tell us. I'm like, why yeah. won't you just put it up front and then we can actually learn from it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Another thing I commonly hear, and not even necessarily like my own experiences, but other experiences of people I know, is when people confuse their race or their ethnicity with their nationality. So nationality being the country where you're born. So a lot of people, a common like insult that's thrown around is to go back to the country like you came from. But really, like most of the people that are being said, like being told this are from America. Mm-hmm. And they're just being told this because they look differently, whether it be like they have a different race or they have a different culture, or ethnicity. But people just look at someone and think, oh, they don't belong here because they don't look like the majority, which is yeah. not true. And it's funny because when people say, like, go back to the country you came from, yeah. they came from a different country yeah. and colonized yeah. this country. Mm-hmm. So it's... A lot of yeah. like times people will say that um, it's can be used as like an insult um, because of a language barrier, which like, and then those same people will uh, get on their high horse and talk about how America is a melting pot um, and kind of throw around that term as well. And it's very frustrating because you want America to be what you say is a melting pot. I know that's like a term that's kind of older and um, has also been criticized, but if you wanted America to be a melting pot, you'd be like accepting of like different languages used within our society and like just understand also that English is a very difficult language to learn and that people just lack compassion. I yeah. agree. <laughs> That's another thing with, um, I just lost my train of thought, but like, oh, like how people are like a uh, similar thing to be like, like go back to like your country is to like, this is America, speak English. Yeah which is like another common like insult thrown around, even though like there is no national language. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's just like in public and like you're just like see like people talking with their family and people yeah. are like, it's like speak English, but like it's not your conversation. It's none of your business. Exactly. I think we saw that in the tables that we saw like on today's PowerPoint too of like English is just so like dominant and so like prejudiced mm-hmm. against other languages almost. Like yeah. a lot of English speakers who just want everyone to like go their way yeah right yeah a lot of other countries like learn english Mm -hmm. and then i feel like here everyone's like oh well we speak english so we don't even have to learn another language and like other countries need to speak english so that they could talk to us which like isn't the reality and like in the thing it said that like the first language spoken like we're not even in the top two languages like we're the third language like we have so many other languages and like people speaking more than us and then even like when we learn languages in schools, like I started learning a language in seventh grade and it mm-hmm. wasn't so that I could communicate with people better or mm-hmm. learn about different areas of the world. Like it was literally like, take a, take a language so it's that you required. can get into college. Yeah. Like, yeah, the yeah. My cousins back home, um, the ones who are in college are like choosing to take um, courses to learn English. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no plans of coming to America ever, but like they, you know, it's just something that they feel they need to learn. I always wondered why they did. And now, you know, I'm starting to realize as I get older why they do. 
Yeah, I always think it's interesting when um, foreign exchange students will come to like the United States, so and they're good. yes, and they're completely fluent in English, yeah. and that's like crazy to me because if in our like in the United States, I feel like if most people are bilingual, it's because someone in their family mm-hmm. speaks yeah. language. Like that wasn't like they learned it from their parents. But most people that are coming from other countries just learned it in school. But they're coming here like completely fluent. Like you can't even tell that like it's not their first language. I like was in um, a uh, Spanish class in my like seventh or eighth grade year, um, a year that we had like French exchange students come over, and then it was so amazing. Like the French student was able to participate in the activity we were doing <laughs> in Spanish class, and so it was like trilingual. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, you guys are amazing. It was crazy. So, like, not only they know English, but they also learn Spanish when they are in France. It's just crazy to me. I wish we had that here. It's amazing. So, um, in conclusion, kind of our takeaways from today are how we will not only kind of facilitate discussions within our classroom regarding others' cultures and um, what that looks like and how that feels to them, but also we want to show it and portray it, like, in our classroom, on our walls, all over. Um, we loved like the examples um, of the student self-portraits that were drawn um, and the pen map and just there's a lot of other options out there for us that we can do. TTFN, Tata Fornell from the Talking Teachers.